0: We have a lot of people saying, yeah, yeah, it is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel with you. Yeah, yeah, what are you doing? That's always the the question. What are you changing? And uh, when I I always say, knowing is one thing, but doing is another.
1: Hello, Grüezi, bonjour. Welcome to Fish in the Boardroom, the podcast where we talk about what we can each do to increase diversity, equity and inclusion in Swiss leadership. I'm Andrea Ullmann and I'm your host on this journey. With all the information and all the talk on diversity, do you ever wonder where we really are in Switzerland and where to get started? To help you answer this question, I've put together some resources. If you visit fishindeboardroom.ch, You'll be able to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. Hi, dear listener. Today's guest is Swat Demokan, Global HR Business Partner, Manufacturing, Logistics and Supply Chain at Bülow, a global plant and equipment manufacturer. In his position, Suat is also responsible for the implementation of Bühler's DEI efforts diversity, equity, and inclusion. Bühler is active in a very traditional and male dominated business, which is reflected by the 17% share of female employees in the business. However, interestingly, they have 14% of management that is female, and the trend is rising and shows the company's commitment to gender diversity. My conversation with Suat will be about Bühler's engagement in diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as his personal experience with the topic. This episode has been realized with the support of Advanced Gender Equality in Business, of which Bühler is a member, as well as with the support of Corinne Schneider, DNI ambassador and former global DNI lead at Bühler, who intervenes in this episode to explain what program Bühler has in place. First of all, I'd like to welcome both of you to Fish in the Boardroom.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having us here.
1: Um, my first question, sweat is at Bula, you're responsible for the manufacturing, logistics, and supply chain part of the business. And how is DENI, so diversity, equity, and inclusion, lived in your department? And How diverse and how inclusive would you see your department to be?
0: Um, I think that was not a big topic so much in these fields uh, in the past. Uh, These areas are more pragmatic. They don't ask that kind of question. They're just usually operating. Their target is to operate efficiently, and, uh, to operate without any disruption and this kind of uh, having a diverse community was not one of the most important questions they had when they were structured themselves. Uh, I would say it has changed for some, uh, some levels from some areas. The, the especially the, the, the whole topic was mainly reduced to man, woman question. Yeah. Now it has become a little bit more like also a generation question. Do we have the right uh, generation level? Do we have a a cultural mix where necessary and important? I think we could open up with this discussion these channels that it is not only about uh, men and women. It is about, and now I make the switch to being inclusive, uh, that we are also thinking how to not to exclude others not consciously i think this is a subconscious action which happens i think human beings are tend automatically to to be there where they see themselves most
1: we say often that if you don't actively include then you likely subconsciously exclude
0: so that's exactly the point I, i think it's not a a bad behavior as such, or they want to discriminate somebody or a group, I think it just naturally happens out of, you can say it's nature. I don't think it's nature. It's comfort. It's much more comfortable. Yeah. So
1: how does how is that now playing out in your department? You say it's more and more of a concern, something you're more and more conscious. And I think it's part of your responsibility within BULA to bring this awareness to yeah. your team's so, what's concretely happening for you to to bring that up?
0: Coming to the question, why I think first uh, it has changed. I think why has certainly to do that the topic has been taken up by group actively. Corin is there in the lead, and also with the group activities like uh, unconscious bias program, which clearly only by piloting with some people has already created some effects and then you start questioning and then you roll it downwards. Uh, For sure, the questions are changing, but it is still this awareness and saying, okay, I never thought about this topic. And how you see it, uh, how it's changing is really that each recruiting is not working like, is this person able to do it? Is this person from a diversity perspective and also from a personality perspective matching what we are looking for so we i think it has a nice side effect that we came away a little bit even though we say uh, our skills are very important yes skills are important that's the base you you are looking for but usually when you analyze why it doesn't work uh, why a, a hiring is failing it is mainly because of the personality rather than the skills and when you, when you include this and then you say, okay, I want to have a specific design in my, in my department, in my group, and especially now in, in manufacturing logistics and supply chain, which is very operationally driven, you have to bring it consciously and say, okay, what kind of group we want to have? And we actively. Started to think each time when we when we were assigning a role to somebody, is this person adding one of these elements into into our group? Um, I think we started slowly now with the gender part. We took in young generation of uh, very talented women into into that, but that will take time. We, we're still not there where we should be. We're still white male 50 plus and then we have seen that the only person diverse person really struggled in that group because we had a very nice content on the things we already know and we and this person tried to trigger us it was refreshing for us but very frustrating for this person And that was my conclusion. And I said, okay, it's halfway. (laughs) We we have to continue to bring it to the end that we need more. Not only women, it's also generation. We need more like uh, the areas of uh, 30 plus rather than 50 plus we have today.
1: Mm -hmm. So bringing more power to this one person who had to challenge the status quo really to have more than one person Absolutely. I mean, she,
0: she was doing a great job and uh, and I could see her frustration and then we had a post session meeting but that I just realized there's no way she can be so good to convince the the counterpower mm-hmm. to change that's why sometimes I think all some initiatives are failing that you have to also build the environment that people can be successful. Mm -hmm. It's not only talking about it, you have to also build that setup, a fair environment that they can be successful. I mean, they can achieve their goals.
1: This, This is the difference between diversity and inclusion, right? Diversity as in, this is the number. You have that one person in the room, so you are diverse, you... You fill in the, the statistics, but actually where the impact comes from is inclusion. It's about inclusion. having the, the environment where that person can speak up and is listened to and has the opportunity to convince the rest of the team. Yeah. And I think in that in that sense, you, you just mentioned it before, uh, at Bula, you have this Beyond Bias program, right? What, maybe you want to explain quickly what this is. I think word.
0: Corin Corin is the better person to explain it, maybe the, to the core, and then I can add my experience having participated and then having rolled it out, sure, in in our organization. If that's okay, that's perfect.
2: All right, so um, yeah, our Beyond Bias workshop concept is something we developed with an external provider. In it was around two thousand eighteen, and we piloted it in two thousand nineteen for the first time. With have uh, quite a local group, I would say, uh, more in Utsville, where our headquarters is located. And over the years, we continually developed the, the concept of the workshop, and we also developed our internal facilitator base. So we now have around 20 internal Beyond Bias facilitators all over the world who are able to give their own Beyond Bias workshop. And um, yeah, the workshop is four hours long, so about half a day, and it consists of four main parts. So the first part is what? So what is diversity, equity, and inclusion? The second part is why? Why should we bother? Why and how can we even make money with it? Then the third part is how? So how can we explore our own biases and how does our brain make these mental shortcuts that lead to us making biased decisions without even realizing it most of the time? And then the last part is really about what is my role as an employee, as a leader at Bühler, what can I do to make or break someone's experience um, of being either included or excluded um, in the company? So yeah, it's been going quite good. Uh, One approach that we take is that the workshop is not mandatory, so it is voluntary for the vast majority of our employees. However, we do put a special focus on our HR colleagues as well as on our people leaders, because we think that these two groups have a really, really large impact with the way they communicate with their actions for more diversity and inclusion. That's why we specifically focus on these groups.
1: And how is it working? How are you seeing the adoption rate of this program from the teams? I and mean, so you, you are one of those people who are strongly trying to win participants uh, to this workshop. How, how is that working out?
0: Yeah, it's... It's working out by uh, mouth, mouth uh, advertisement. That's why. That's mainly how it is in our. I mean, usually it's that's the most common way we have. So it it starts with me. It starts with a colleague of mine who then became the ambassador, and then it's it's going from one one to the other. It's like a, I, I know I should not say it in the current environment, but it's like a virus. It's like a virus which goes out. There is a limit to that, because I mean, especially in MLS, where the hours and the minutes count, and don't take me wrong, I I know it counts also for other functions, but it is here, it is really that every minute counts in the sense that you have productivity rate or something like that. The biggest challenge is not the topic itself, I can tell you, but all about this more to find the right time, the right priority, Mm -hmm. because... Like in companies like ours, where you have multiple functions, then you have health and safety. You have, you have so many functions approaching them to have the right priority. I would say we have to convince in the sense that they put the right priority first to this topic, because I think that's the core base. You, you really touch a DNA with this topic. This is somehow, and I hope I'm not saying something wrong. It's, it's a belief. It's, a, it's it's something you believe in, because again, the effect you see may come two years later, three years later. I think it is an illusion that you invest into something like this and you see an impact in months or weeks later. Until you you really can measure it on KPIs, it takes years. And I mean, managers are not really uh, patient guys. They want to see immediate effect and return on investment immediately. That's a little bit the challenge uh, we had to face. Yeah. Um, so it's
1: about bringing, it, making it a priority more than understanding the importance of it. Yeah. Now, you've done this this program, I believe a few a few years ago. So you have some perspective on this. How has this program helped you and your understanding of of diversity and and the
0: importance of it i think the biggest takeaway that i had is uh, you have nothing under control that's why i like the approach of our group to go to the hr people because i think they're the most biased ones maybe (laughs) in that process because they think they're totally on top of it um but for me, it was an, an eye-opener in the sense that I always, like I think most of my colleagues say, we are not affected by this. Uh, we, we have it. Uh, we. No, it's not. As they, biased as others.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, and I don't even remember exactly where I've heard it, but I found it an interesting concept to say that actually the the most dangerous people in, in the sense of like the, the people who are more detrimental to inclusion are the people who are well intended, who think they're they're past that, but actually don't realize that that no one is, because society as a whole has just not passed this bias. And and as such, they believe they're they're already ahead, but they're not, and hence are, are not as receptive of these things. And that's a bit what I'm hearing from you, that this workshop helped you realize this.
0: Yes. I mean, absolutely. And that was my uh, takeaway. And the second one was it's never going to stop that process. I think that's also an an illusion most people may have. I'm just participating and and I learned and then I know. It's a continuous work on that. And you have to constantly refresh.
1: So how are you doing that personally? How are you keeping yourself constantly on your toes on the topic?
0: I try to be. I, I'm not always a, a good participant, but I try to be a, a part of our DNI community. I, I try to be part of that and keep the topic up and running without being forced by any management discussion. It is this kind of activities we have. But if you ask me, do we have a, an additional program? No, we don't have an additional program. On a lower level, so this is really the, coming from the group, and most of the people having this uh, from an environmental perspective or let's say society perspective, they they take it, and then we have areas, we have countries where they're slowly getting into those topics. Mm-hmm. To be very honest, in the global working for a global company, you have to accept also this this diversity and
1: this discrepancies. Um, what has encouraged you to do that? Was, was the Beyond Bias workshop the thing that triggered you to understand that this is an important topic or did something else happen? Or
0: To be very honest, it, it mainly came with also my daughters. Mm-hmm. When they're little and, then, and then small, then you, you don't think that much about that. But when they start looking for jobs... And then you realize another bias. What could they do? Yeah, they go for somewhere in the medicine. You, you're you not even thinking of they can do a technical job. Mm-hmm. And to be very honest, I have a Middle East cultural background. It's this classic. Uh, either they go for studying or when they have a, let's say, more practical <laughs> environment, they become uh, a barber or something. Mm-hmm. it's just, it is this classical thing and then you stop and say no 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 why why i want my girls to to do something different i want my girls having the same chance i had and then you realize it is a fact that you have to deal with that topic yeah. from a total different perspective again then the theory becomes reality yeah and yeah. then you start feeling it and i think in all honesty, I, I I think that was then when I started to really care about in a real sense. Before it was a topic, it was a duty because my job told me to do it. Then it became personal.
1: Mm-hmm. When you realize how how much there was at stake there as well with you,
0: uh, and then you realize how unequal we are. <laughs> then you realize how how biased the, the organizations are and. You also, starting from you, pushing into a certain direction, and then you start questioning the whole thing. That's how I became engaged, and I tried to also convince others to become engaged.
1: Is there anything you've learned over the years around that topic that you wish you had known 20 years ago?
0: Um, how How bad it is, really, in reality? <laughs> I wished the, the, we would have seen how how much conflict would generate, and I'm now talking about mainly gender mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but it is, I knew it from a culture perspective. Again, I, I have a different uh, culture root. This I lived, I I experienced, but from a from a gender perspective, I have never seen that uh, in, in such. And I wish I would have seen that before.
1: What would it have changed for you if you had known that before?
0: I would have also started in my private life uh, much earlier and being uh, being much more an ambassador. I would say an active ambassador. You know, again, there is always this. We have a lot of people saying, yeah, yeah, it is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel with you. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? That's always the, the question. What are you changing? And uh, when I Corinne knows that, I always say knowing is one thing, but doing is another. and you have to change and you have to change actively certain things. like for example, actively promoting part-time jobs for manager managerial positions, for example. But that's again, that's not only for women, it is also for men and it it's equal be very honest i wished i would have spent more time with my children when they were younger mm-hmm. now they are left home and then and usually that these are the ages and i can recommend something to our young listeners is really be much more conscious about that uh and just pledging for <laughs> yeah do it do it and not being just aware of it i yeah. think i was aware of it but uh then to make the, the step out, that came mainly out of uh, when I when I become part of the Bühler Group and where we really tried to say, okay, we have to change something. I still believe we can do more. I still believe we have to do more, and also be brave. I mean, we, just doing things which you already know doesn't change the, the world.
1: It's about giving option and, and having each individual. Having a choice of, of where they want
0: to go and, and doing it, I think we should not mix it up. Happiness is something different. Engagement is something different. And uh, here we talk really about being inclusive, which then creates a kind of a community, which can be still unhappy. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I mean it depends. Really, you can you can damage things. I mean, uh, there are parts in our also in our organization where diversity would create maybe difficulties. And we have to be very cautious that step by step we open up their mind because the society says something different than what our company says. And they get into, into this friction mode where they, they really cannot solve the problem by themselves. And we have to be careful that we are not putting people into difficult situations and just thinking we have the ultimate truth.
1: It's about supporting and accompanying people through the transition, giving them Uh, tools to be able to to advance towards where we want to be as as a company and as a society.
0: Yeah, But there there will always be levels because we have different cultures, because we have different educational levels, things like that. That's what I say. It is not one status you will reach. It is a whole bunch of diverse status we will have. In in all their individual uh, statuses, it will become a, a whole, a whole picture.
1: And and it's more difficult, right? We want diversity, so there's more discussion, there's more creativity and innovation, but it's also creating more friction. So a big tool there is also learning Absolutely. to deal with insecurity with. Communication with conflict as a result of it,
0: and that's that's something which I think it's also one of the takeaways in the, of that program that uh, Corinne mentioned. Uh, is, is really you you learn how to do it, you learn how to consciously work on it. That's uh, something which is I, I think it's really adding value out of the program, yeah, or added value to mine.
1: So my, my last question for you is: If you had only one quote or one sentence. To describe ENI, what would it be?
0: Um, wow. I would say the moment we, we don't have it as a topic anymore, we reach the goal. It, it's a natural thing, it becomes part of our DNA, which I hope one day it's, it's off top. Perfect.
2: Thank you very much.
0: It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Again, also for the opportunity to talk about the topic. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: This was Fish in the Boardroom. I hope this episode inspired you to take action. And if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear what you're putting into place and what challenges you have, whether they're big or small. Each action matters. And to help you get started with your inclusion journey, I put together some selected resources that are relevant in a Swiss context. Visit fishintheboardroom.ch to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. As always, if you enjoy the show, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with colleagues, peers, friends, and family. Fish in the Boardroom is produced by me, Andrea Olman. Music is by Patrick Patricios.